to the Saintcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Hey, everybody. It's the Saintcast today. Yeah, yeah, to get your Zoom on, we're gonna let a little play. Yeah. What wow, do you guys think? great. At bomb, is, is that what you were working on this whole week? Because <laughs> I can tell. That is a case of quarantine brain. Mm. Maybe you've heard of this phenomenon. Maybe you yourself have experienced quarantine brain. But uh, <laughs> old man Hindi Adam is fully, uh, fully engaged in quarantine brain. I think I have stage one quarantine brain right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow, impressive. I'm stage five plus. You're terminal. Oh, You're terminal oh case. <laughs> Let's stop this line of jokes before we get too far. Uh, David, how are you doing? David's with us, everybody. Dude, I'm doing super good. Um, I am pretty hyped up right now, dude. I made some coffee this morning, so I'm pretty hyped. Let's uh, go. Dude, my beard is... I finally got a compliment on my beard yesterday, so I've been Ooh, living off wow. of that high. Yeah. Wait, can I ask a clarifying question? Yeah. Mm. By coffee, do you mean strawberry refresher, or do you actually mean coffee? <laughs> no, I mean actual coffee. I, dude, I gave up strawberry refreshers for Lent, so I actually hadn't had a strawberry refresher for forty days, and I've only had one in the last since quarantine. I've only Impressive. had one strawberry refresher. Dude. Yeah. What was your what amount of strawberry re- refreshers before Lent? Yeah. Per week. Uh, innumerable. Well, I don't really know how to count it per number. I did the calculations, and per year, I spent about $2,500 on strawberry refreshers. (laughs) Dang. What a great metric. Yeah. (laughs) I got no words. It's a little much. It's a little much. I wish you guys could see the Zoom call right now, too, because... (laughs) 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 David's got a picture of one of our campus pastors on the beach, and then... He's got a sock on his microphone, and that's all I can see in front of his face because everything dude, else is so invisible. Good. It's so good, dude. So you know good. that reminds me, we should give a beard update to the to the people. The people are hungry, yeah, to see the progress. Have your beards ever been this long before? Nah, fam. <laughs> <laughs> You're in uncharted territory. Dang, I think dude. so. Dang. Okay. Uh, now I've grown my hair out to extreme fro levels but this Hmm. is new beard territory for sure dang can i ask a serious question about these beards this beard competition are we gonna have a um a drug testing for uh (laughs) enhancement pills because uh (laughs) that is true yeah because uh (laughs) i I will not confirm or deny whether i have tried to uh grow my beard a little with Beard growing hormones? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think actually we're safe, but if Keith Riley was in there with us, we'd probably have to like make sure he wasn't cheating. Yeah. You know, he is from Houston. There was that thing with that baseball team from Houston, not gonna oh, name names. Jeez. So <laughs> well said. So maybe this week we can do another mugshot update. Yeah, absolutely. They're pretty extreme. And uh, I gotta say it's given me a lot of joy. And this time I've really enjoyed growing this beard putting beard oil on it. It's awesome. So maybe this is the new look. Just saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm into it. Well, what else is new with you guys besides beard growth? Great question. David, you go first. Oh, what is new? Uh, 
You know, I'm going to be honest, nothing's really new. I mean, we've been quarantined <laughs> for <laughs> five weeks now or something like that, six weeks. And yeah, I, I honestly can say nothing's really new. <laughs> I'm just doing the same old video games and stuff. The drafts this week, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. It's my favorite time of year as a football fan. Nice. As a Raiders fan, it's my favorite time of year as a Raiders fan because it's the only hope I have all year. So, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, anything new for me? Oh man, you are spot on with your answer, David. It's hard to <laughs> to think of anything new. Uh, I will say um, we've got probably five or six empty boxes in our garage, and the reason they're there is we've had to buy a lot of appliances the past couple of weeks. And what we realize is like the more you live in your house, which we're just all doing nonstop, things are breaking. We need new stuff. Actually, my TV broke last week. How and, does a TV break? Uh, the, I guess the LEDs stopped working. It just, uh, it would, you could hear the sound, but you couldn't hear the picture. We tried it a couple of different could. YouTube hacks and they did not work. Okay. So got a new TV, got a printer for my daughter's school, got an instant pot just for our own <laughs> quarantine Dude, pleasure. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to because Missy and I made some ribs in the instant pot. Oh yeah. You're gonna have to compare ribs in the instant pot versus like legitimate smoked ribs. I don't think they're comparable, but I'd like to hear your opinion being yeah. a barbecue. Okay, so I got Die. some theological thoughts on that. I'm glad you brought this okay. up and this went in this direction. Here's the deal. I had a fr some friends had us over one time, and they did some Dr. Pepper ribs, or maybe it's Guinness ribs, something in the oven. And he was just like, man, they're so tasty and they're so quick. Like, they're, it's just way faster. What he failed to understand, I tried to inform him of, the point of barbecuing ribs or barbecuing anything is the process. It's about the low and the slow. Um, it's not just about how it tastes, right? So that's what I've I've been trying to. I'm I'm, a, I'm on a soapbox basically, and I'm trying to tell people ribs are about the slow, low and slow, man. Just let me sit in the backyard. Uh, but I am going to try it either way. If you you guys. Could submit your wow. Instapot recipes, by the way. Uh, Michael Maddie gave me a lava cake uh, recipe we're going to try. Chase Ishii refuses to call it an Instant Pot, and he just calls it a Space Pot. Space Pot. <laughs> I think I think that's what's referred to at the Ishii uh, Kyle Lung household. <laughs> Anyways, that was off on a tangent, but yeah, that's just something new. We've had to buy random stuff, and you have to order it, and you got to wait like years for it to be delivered. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. How about you, Mark? We went, I, I want to say responsible recreation. I've seen that hashtag a little bit. We responsibly recreated in the mm. mountains this last week, nice. which was nice. We just picked a place that was far away from anything else that was still open. Uh, we, we tried our best not to stop anywhere along the way. Uh, and we actually camped by a lake for a couple of days and that was awesome. It was really refreshing. Just waking up somewhere new yeah. and also waking up with nothing that is at all reminiscent of home, work, COVID, anything. 
And that was just so refreshing. But I'm surprised at how quickly I've regressed since I've been back in the Bay Area. Oh, wow. I thought I would be able to ride the high of, you know, feeling refreshed a little bit longer. But I mean, we got back, I think, Friday. It's Tuesday now. And I feel like in some ways I feel a lot, a lot better. But in other ways, I'm like, oh, like, yeah, it's still bad. Yeah. And I still feel like how I felt before. So I don't know, man. Yeah. Is it do you think that it, it could be because you're not drinking enough refreshers? That you're not refreshed enough? I haven't hit my strawberry refresher quota for the year. You haven't spent $2,000 on refreshers since you've been back? Nah. Well, maybe you should try that. Oh, the other new thing, I cut I cut my own hair, everybody. Might have seen that nice. on the old Instagram, but yeah, that was something new. Uh, I have a couple of questions for you guys. before uh, We're going to do a recap of this past week's sermon, uh, but before we get to that, I'd love to ask you guys sort of a just continuing to help people know our stories a little bit more and just who we are. Uh, got a couple of questions. So here's question number one, if you choose to accept it. So I would love for you guys to break down for me what a perfect night would look like for you. And we're talking pre or post quarantine because uh, quarantine is a little uh, different, right? Because uh, there's some things we can't do, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, just break down for us. What's a perfect night? Because I'm, I've been thinking about that a lot. Like, once we get out of this quarantine, what are the things I want to do and just really love and enjoy them? So, uh, Mark, you going to go first? Sure. Break it Man, down. That's in, a hard. Question. Break it down in detail too. Put us there with you. We want to be there. That is with a you. hard question. I think if we're going to go post COVID, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to involve friends, people, family. <laughs> and pre COVID, a good night probably would have been just Missy and myself cooking something nice, maybe a, like a movie night in or something like that. Nice. But I think post COVID, it might even be a a perfect night in my mind would be with either my family or her family at a family dinner, as sometimes as dysfunctional that can be. Uh, I think that it is needed and necessary to have some more interactions. So hmm. friends around the table, uh, my perfect night would be, we all DoorDash something different and we oh, just bring nice. it and have a big family style meal. It's called a thunder run. That's what they call it in it, Chicago. Really? I've yeah. never heard that. Going a thunder run. Everybody gets their own thing and brings it back. We should do that at Sank for sure. Thunder run Sank Hang. Let's go. We should do a thunder run Sank Hang. Yeah. Yes. But a, a quote unquote thunder run. <laughs> If that's a thing. It is. Shy (laughs) city, baby. Okay. A thunder run of food and then a pie from Heidi's Pies in San Mateo, preferably strawberry. Or I could be persuaded to go a little bit tangy if there's ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) And that would be my perfect night. Leaving at around like early-ish, like 8.30, 9 o'clock. Like we stayed late. Missy probably still wants to stay a a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. but, you know, we'll go back and then maybe do like we're we're working our way through the community right now on Netflix and so oh, yeah, probably doing show. maybe a nice little little cocktail at the end of the night episode of community that would probably be it wow that's beautiful i love that love that david how about what's you? funny is that's just like a normal thing oh, right, like right, that right. should be a normal thing you right. know that could be any night of the week b- before 
COVID. But that's what's great about this, right? It, that is, it's going to yes. really help us, at least for a while, we're going to just really, really uh, embrace those and cherish those more when we I get hope so. we're just able to hang out with people again. Any so. tangy pies? Tangy pies. <laughs> tangy pies. D-Stall, what about you, man? Uh, dude, first off, let me just say... I love the show community. I'm all I'm watching that too right now. So the show good. is so, so good. good. It was so underrated. Yeah. People just didn't quite get it. They're not as smart as us. Yeah. Were you guys on it from the beginning? Were you guys community fans from the beginning? Okay. Watched it first episode. We're the we're the cool. We're the we were, you and me, we were on it before it was cool. Not cool. Uh let me my my perfect night. I'm gonna say my perfect night that doesn't involve Disneyland, because obviously my perfect night involves <laughs> just being there with friends. True. Uh, my perfect night would be with friends. We go to In and Out. Oh, have some In and Out. Speaking that language. together. Then we get some uh, get some mini golf tournaments on because I <laughs> love mini golfing with yeah. friends and just mini golfing. It's <laughs> like okay. this is a great fun, answer already, but competitive, and then. So I'm all about in and out in mini golf, and then it just ends with everybody leaving, and then I get to watch a show or movie with Alicia, and then I get to watch a show or movie with myself. So I get to like slowly, yeah, yeah, decompress from everything. That's amazing. Yeah, it's like a it's like a decline. You start yeah as extroverted as you get, and then you just de- decline to you snuggling up to a show like that's. Yep. <laughs> dude the mini golf piece is the funniest piece to me that's interesting dude it's i i worked at a mini golf place and i legit went mini golf for free for a year so i went at least four <laughs> times a week for a year because it was free that's unbelievable i yeah. never would have known that uh okay those are great mine i'm gonna sort of relive one this is a little pre Pre-quarantine and post, man, I can't wait. I mean, we're we're close, I think, to be being able to do most of mine. Uh, so, perfect night for me is I take the fam uh, and we go to Natural Bridges Beach. Really any beach, but that's probably my preferred these days. And we bring a kite. We bring sandcastle toys. And one day it'd be cool if we could bring a surfboard when the kids are older, but not there yet. So we play at the beach and it's sunny and we watch the sunset uh, at the beach, which uh, that's something I I think we just need to cherish in general. Like Mark, you grew up here. Oh, both of you guys did. Uh, Mm -hmm. You grew up here your whole life. You don't realize some places in the world don't have the Pacific Ocean. In a sunset. So just beautiful. Where are those places? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, there are some other places out there. Uh, but watching the sunset with my family, having my arm around Lori while we watch the kids. And then, and we've done this before, and this is my favorite thing to do, go straight from there. And we drive down to one of my favorite barbecue places in Santa Cruz. There's one in Aptos in Santa Cruz. And they have live uh, blues bands. And they have great barbecue. So we order some brisket, some tri-tip, some ribs. And we sit there with family just hanging out, dancing to 
live blues music. That's that's a perfect night for me. So good. So good. That sounds awesome. When you go there, are you able to? Because whenever they always have music at night, are they always out of brisket? Because whenever I go, they're always out of brisket. Are you serious? Go at night, yeah. They're well, always sold they're out. probably out because I beat you there. Dang. <laughs> We've already <laughs> eaten it. Yeah, that is the thing with young kids. Um, our nights are definitely a lot earlier. So we're talking, yeah. we're yeah, we're at the barbecue place probably by six. So yeah, we're beating oh. all you chunks. Actually, the last time we went, we were there while the band was setting up. Like they're pulling in their gear. <laughs> so yeah, we're, that's us. And then, yeah, in bed by 9 p.m., <laughs> That's another early uh, uh, kids thing. Awesome. That's great. Okay. I got one more question, if you will. Uh, and this is just something I've been thinking about a lot of how as followers of Christ in the middle of uh, – man, it's just been such a frustrating time for most of us in the world. Just like mm-hmm. waking up, uh, the monotony of life, but also I think just some of the unknown and uh, just the stress and anxiety not being able to do a lot of our favorite things, all that kind of stuff. It's been hard for everybody. But I think part of uh, what we're called to as followers of Christ is to, over time, you know, not a, uh, we can definitely experience heartache and heartbreak, frustration, annoyance. Uh, but over time, to always lean towards hope and gratefulness. And so uh just been thinking about gratefulness a lot lately. How do we be the kind of people that are just grateful in the midst of um, hard times. So uh, I'd love to just go around and, uh, just talk about what is something you're, what are you most grateful for in life right now? Um, doesn't have to be big, but just trying to practice, uh, gratefulness, trying to practice remembering the things we do have in our life. David, you want to start this time? Go the opposite way. Yeah. Uh, I think simply right now I'm grateful for just I think I take it for granted just all the really like good food places that are around us, the blessing of that. Mm. Like I just, I've just been really grateful and it's like, I'm always looking forward to like, you know, getting food like for dinner, like really good food. So I'm just really grateful for all the, being able to be here in a place where there's all these amazing restaurants and types of food I'm able to get. That's cool, man. That's great. I think for me, and it might be a semi-privileged, quote-unquote privileged mm. response, would be, man, I can still work during this time. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that. I I have fa- friends and family that are either self-employed, own their own business, you know, or is are considered non-essential workers. And yeah. the amount of stress that they're under, as opposed to the amount of stress that I'm under, it's just not even comparable. And it it's it's just so interesting how the responses can be different to something whether that like i think what i'm trying to say is that the there the response in how you're taking on anxiety how you're feeling about your hopefulness or your gratefulness is a little bit it can be grounded in your situation for sure and for those that are dealing with something much bigger than a, oh, now I'm just inconvenienced because I can't go to where I want to go. 
like I can't even really begin to imagine being in that mindset. Mm -hmm. And so I've just been so grateful for, you know, life is, it's more of a pause instead of a complete, oh no, now what am I going to do? I have to rethink everything. And I'm just, yeah, yeah. Lots of thoughts around that, but Mm -hmm. that's kind of them in a nutshell. Sorry, I couldn't get there as quickly as I wanted to. (laughs) Got that COVID brain still. Uh, Yeah, this past Sunday uh, for our online church, I was praying for a lady who was just expressing that she's she's having a hard time finding a job and uh, she lost her, you know, I think the word that's been used a lot is furloughed. She, you know, her job was furloughed Mm -hmm. in the past couple of weeks and now she's just having the hardest time finding a job. And yeah, I had that same thought of like, man, uh, to add uh, all the stress that is already accompanied with something like this, but then not having a job. And uh, so if you're listening to this and that's you, man, just know that we uh, are here for you and just Mm -hmm. so sorry. I know that's uh, super, super hard. I can't imagine either. Uh, For me, I, I have been really grateful for, this is specifically the past week, uh, nature and sort of outside type stuff. Mark, you mentioned being able to go out, but we haven't really got out of our neighborhood uh, so much, but we mm-hmm. we are also, you know, I'm very thankful we have a little backyard, backyard with some mm-hmm. great old trees and uh, we've been going out there with the kids and I'll just sit out there like in the morning when I wake up or at night when the sun's going down and just hearing the hummingbirds and, uh, watching the squirrels and, uh, man, it is, it's so life giving for me. And, uh, yeah, so I'm just grateful. And again, like California is just, uh, like in Chicago right now, I think it snowed last week in Chicago. So oh. it's just crazy. It's April. So again, we're we're sort of blessed in that um, California's pretty perfect weather most of the time. So, have you ever heard the California saying "April showers bring May flowers"? Because I'm guessing that's not something you would say in the Midwest. Uh, they say that in Oklahoma, yeah, in Chicago, oh, yeah. probably not so much. April nice. snow brings May con- more snow, May construction <laughs> on the roads. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that, you guys. Uh, Let's hit one more thing for our friends listening right now um, before we head out. And that's uh, just a recap of this past Sunday, which I just thought was really great. We had the one and only Brett's co-warton, uh, sort of our first try at guest speaking <laughs> virtually. And I think it went pretty well. He just uh, spoke uh, in his bedroom, which was great. But he was talking about James 3, and he specifically – focused on uh, the beginning part of James 3, which talks about our uh, taming our tongue. And so I'll, I'll read a portion of that, and then uh, I'd love for us to answer the exact same questions, discussion questions that we threw out uh, to everybody else this past week. Okay? So here's a little portion. This is James 3. Uh, let's start in verse 3. I think that's good. No, I don't want to start there. Let's start in verse six. How about that? Okay. So this is James three, six and the tongue is a fire. It's awesome. Tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire, the cycle of nature and is itself set on fire by hell. Extreme for every species of beast and bird of reptile and sea can be tamed 
and has been tamed by the human species, but no one can tame the tongue. Restless evil, full of poison. And I love this part. Brett talked about this. With it, we bless the Lord our fa- and Father. Uh, praise the Lord and Father. And also with it, we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not be so. So, a uh, pretty extreme uh, oh. uh, metaphor and pictures that James is painting. But I think, uh, like Brett said this past Sunday, he's using some hyperbole to really help us understand how uh, important and how powerful our words are and our uh, the tongue is. So, uh, loved what Brett had to say this past weekend. So, I'd love for us to just discuss the the two questions we talked about on Facebook. Uh, the first one is, uh, what area, uh, of taming the tongue do you guys personally struggle with the most? Do we struggle with the most? And then the second one is who is someone in your life or in your past, um, who has sort of exemplified someone who gives life, um, who speaks life to others as Brett had talked about and, and what are some lessons we can learn from them? Excuse me. So, uh, Let's talk about that first one. What's an area you guys deal with the most when it comes to taming your tongue? This can be like gossip, uh, being cynical, boasting, string sarcasm, something else. Yeah, for me, I think it goes back and forth between, or overlaps even, between cynicism and negativity and boasting, I think. I think there's seasons where I definitely just get in a headspace of thinking negatively and it's you know whatever goes through your mind is what comes out of your mouth and so then my words just are always focusing on the negative situations and negative things negative outlooks um and then the boasting i think it i think it comes from a place of insecurity for me mm-hmm. you have a place of like when i don't feel encouraged or I don't feel affirmed in what I'm doing. I feel, I think the need to like lift myself up since other people aren't lifting me up. I feel the need to like lift myself up, which is, it's not right. It's like a place that comes from insecurity, insecurity of, yeah, am I doing what's right and stuff, which on the other end, I think is also a sign of like why it's so important to encourage people to lift them up. Oh yeah. Great point. Yeah, that's super wise. I think to just acknowledge that the boasting is actually coming from insecurity, which is so opposite Mm -hmm. of what you think of when you think of somebody who's always boastful. Excuse me. How would you, Mark? Sometimes I just say dumb stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Dumb stuff. And, And it's really because most of the time I'm... Most, I would say mostly I'm an internal processor and I always have to think about something before I land with it, especially if it's important. And so there are times when I don't put a lot of emphasis on thinking through a thought and then I'll just say it. And it is usually just, yeah, it's just, it comes from not caring or a lack of, yeah, I don't know. And so I think taming the tongue has a lot to do with taming the mind and yeah f- for me when i don't really 
am, if I'm not, if something doesn't have my full attention or something isn't very like, I don't know, interesting to me, then I'll just kind of dismiss it. And sometimes that will be reflected in my language. <laughs> and that could you know, really be rooted in, you know, apathy. It could be rooted in a sense of pride of, oh, I'm, I'm better than this, or, you know, I don't have to listen to this conversation or whatever that is. And so for me, a lot of times to, the the tongue might not reflect what the mind's internal struggle is. And mm. I'm constantly battling internal thoughts of, okay, let's, you know, let's try to reflect God's love and goodness with how I'm speaking. But really that starts with how am I processing what's being said to me and what lens am I seeing that through? So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Have you ever had a situation happen where you – like you said something and as it, as you were saying it, you're like, I'm regretting saying this right now. Dude, there are situations that have happened. Like I'm talking like 10 years ago that I will still be like, you're such an idiot. Oh, Why yeah. did you say that? Yep. And like, I will still cringe. Like I'll wake up cringing. Cause I'll think about it. I'll be like, Oh, I need to apologize <laughs> to that person for like the thousandth time. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a hor- like, horrible feeling. Yeah. Horrible feeling. Yeah, I think both of you guys really touched on that. It's like uh, the place it starts is in your head or your your heart or your soul, whatever you want to say there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it often that that's what comes out. Um, yeah, man, I struggle with pretty much all these and more of these areas. I'm going to choose like extreme sarcasm. Uh, sarcasm for me... <laughs> Uh, it, it oddly is a love language as weird as that sounds like some of my best friends, that's sort of how we talk to each other. And, and it's, again, it's hard to explain cause it's sort of a, a code that we sort of enjoy and it makes us feel, uh, sort of close to each other. Again, that's odd. I know. Um, but what I've learned about myself this is probably similar to boasting and you guys know this about me. I love making people laugh. That's just enjoyable for me. I love laughing myself. At uh, laughter is just so powerful. I think, but I can so easily get into the the place of like, uh, similar to what you said, David. It it becomes so such a part of my identity to wanting to get people to laugh any way I can. And often sarcasm is just what I I'll use, and not realizing the power of what those words could say. And especially with people that don't understand when I'm joking or when I'm not. Um, so yeah, that's something, man, I can, I, I still just really struggle with and, um, really need to work on. And that's one of those, yeah, there've been several times where I've just said something I meant as a joke. And as I'm saying it, I'm like, Oh, stop. Oh, too late. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not a good feeling. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, okay, how about the second one? Um, sort of the flip side of that. So uh, Brett talked about this of just like our words have power in the good uh, side as well. Like we have the power to lift people up and bring them out of darkness. Sort of what you said, David. Like to help them see that they are a beloved child of God and really help them be confident. All this amazing stuff. Um, so who would who would be somebody in your life maybe now? Or in the past that just does this well. I can I can start on this one. So I've been having both of you guys start. Um, 
I, I, I mentioned this in our service on Sunday, but uh, my buddy, his name's Grant. Uh, he was one of my best friends in college. And he just always, not just to me, just everybody he was friends with, um, he'd always see the good in them. And I learned a lot from him about that of just, uh, you know, he would still tease and do some sarcasm as well, just for fun. But he would always, his default was to pick people up. And he he's done that for me so many times. Even now, he lives in Arizona and we don't talk a lot. But occasional, occasionally he'll just text me and just tell me, you know, how much he's thinking about me or praying for me or just, uh, you know, he'll say, hey, I just thought of this. I remember this time that we did, you know, we're playing tennis and just want to tell you how much your friendship means to me or, you know, just these little quips even now where I'll read it and immediately it's just like, oh man, makes me feel good. makes me feel loved and known. And, uh, yeah, I think what I've learned the most from him is to always lean towards the, the encouragement side, the good side. Uh, cause my default is, is negativity. My default uh, if you guys are in the Enneagram, I'm a four on the Enneagram, which tends to be a little more of the moody uh, type of personality. And I, I just want to fight against that so much. I'd much rather lean on the side of like uh, being too nice or being too encouraging. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'd am be okay with that if someone's like, hey, okay, you can tone that down a little bit. It's like, well, I'd, I'd rather err on the side of just being uh, overly kind, overly encouraging. So uh really appreciate what I've learned from him. How about you guys? Great. I am a, I think I'm more along the lines of your buddy where I am a natural encourager and that's just Mm -hmm. kind of how that's my, my lens of operation is how can I fix people's problems through encouragement, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) which isn't always the best thing, but I mean, that's just kind of how I see the world. And so for me, receiving encouragement is very hard. I'm very easy oh, to yeah. dismiss it or I'm very easy to say, uh, yeah, but I could have done more or I should have done this instead and then I would have been better. And so for me, it's really people that I've come to learn and love and trust to really value their opinion in a way that allows that to seep into, you know, and seep into my soul and really receive encouragement. So um, I think Missy for sure. Um, she doesn't encourage me that often cause she's, <laughs> she kind of expects a lot out of me, which is good. I think that drives us to really, um, to really get, become better both in our relationship and professionally and all of that too. And so when I get re- encouragement from her, it's like, ah, oh, it's really good. And then, uh, a couple friends in Japan as well that we kind of, um, really connected pretty well. That was a really formative time in my spiritual life. And so like, I'm thinking of, you know, a couple people like, Justin Keiko Kong are kind of mentors to us um, that that were at the church we were serving in in Japan. And so, but really people that were there to see all sides of me um, mm. and really to kind of know my internal struggles, know what I'm going through. And so, uh, fun fact that you guys may or may not know, if you were to go on to Facebook right now, and type in everyday encouragements, there would be a vlog series from myself of, four, of about 50 videos where I would do daily encouragements call two people, um, whoever would watch. And that was just me going around different places in Japan and filming Stop videos it. to encourage people. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> nice. Yeah, totally forgot. Totally yeah. forgot about that until just now. 
Literally, I was like, oh yeah, I wonder if that's still a thing. I wonder if you can still watch that. So I don't know. It might it still is. be up. I, I found assume, it. So. Okay, that's oh, great. Cool. That's a great resource we're going to give people. Uh, check that out. <laughs> that's very early. And, and <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Everyday oh, encouragements. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. I see you in a... Is that you in a suit jacket right there? Dude, in, in Japan, all teachers have to wear suits. It's yes. like a very professional setting learning is taken very seriously so i cannot yes. wait for this dude okay that's perfect that's gold how about you dave man I, well i just want to affirm actually i'm not just saying this i actually mean this mark you're actually legitimately one of the most encouraging people i've ever met yep and like dude you're just Thanks, like man. encouragement is so infectious is that the thing i'm trying to say i don't know i'm terrible with words but yeah it's viral Viral, dude. But, uh, <laughs> you can't but use dude, those virus viral words right now. <laughs> I thought we can use them now more than ever. Okay. Yeah, that's true. No, I totally agree, man. Yeah, that yeah. is that is a spiritual gift of yeah. yours for mm-hmm. sure. Thanks, guys. For sure. Uh, I think when I think of someone that's really, really impacted my life with their words, it would be actually this dude right here who you guys can see on my screen, Josh Robertson. Oh, yeah. He... Oh, yeah. Actually, I think just when I when I first met him, because I met him doing ministry under him, he like I came in a place with worship where I was just so like um I was so uh like beaten down by worship. I just like really doubted who I was, and I felt like I was constantly in this thing of like having to prove myself. And just through doing ministry with him and his encouragement and his words and his constant like like to this day, like he's still sends texts all the time randomly or encouragements or all that stuff but um it's just really his words had power in leading me to a place of confidence in who i was and confidence of where i was like like legitimately if it wasn't for him and his encouragement i would not when i first went to sync i would not have been Hmm. as decent as i was like (laughs) i would have been this this train wreck guy who was trying to prove myself Hmm. And he just, his words and his power and his encouragement over my life and over who I was, not just as a worship leader, but as a person, as a, as a man really grew me to be able to grow into who I am as a person. So I'm thankful for that. And it's also taught me and encouraged me to do that um, to other people, to be more encouraging to people, to, to lift him up more and to see the value in that. Dude, that's awesome. So cool. Hendy, do you have any moments or, or any conversations where you can recall someone encouraging you maybe to step into ministry or step into something oh, new? Because yeah. I feel like I have a, a kind of a similar thing to you, David, where I was kind of in a place where I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do or very unsure of myself and what I was, you know, what I, I didn't see in myself what other people saw in me. And so I have a, a memory of a very similar situation or conversation so series of conversations that kind of led me towards ministry as well. I, I've never really thought about that as a theme, but Hendy, do you have something similar? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's huh, that is interesting. Yeah, no, for sure. I can think of like four or five off the top of my head. Um, hmm. One being, it's funny, going back to high school, I can remember my pastor at the time giving me a chance to preach to the whole congregation, which, you know, we're talking 200 people. It's a pretty small church, but... Yeah. As a high school student and him just, uh, I was so obviously, uh, scared 
nervous, all all the above. And he just helped me construct it and just, you know, yeah, he encouraged me the whole way of just like this, uh, you're sort of made for this. And then, yeah, I think through college and different mentors and people. Yeah, that's amazing. I bet, uh, I wonder, it might not even be a ministry thing. I bet if we all look mm-hmm. back and just like, yeah, to our point, really to James's point of just the power of how you can sort of shape someone's trajectory. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Like I think of me being able to do that with my kids, but we all have that power, like with our friends and with our uh, coworkers, whoever it is. That's unbelievable power. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, and David, to your uh, point with Josh, I- I've just gotten to know Josh a little bit in the past few months and, and uh, man, he is so encouraging. And, and I thought uh, it was cool that he came to watch you preach uh, your sermon mm-hmm. at Sank. Mm-hmm. And it was cool to have him there. And, and he was even one of the people I called as a reference whenever you were applying for the Sank job and, and just to hear, you know, how much he thought of you and, and your integrity then was so influential. And, and right now looking at this uh, picture of him, he's got an awesome <laughs> tattoo too. So yeah. <laughs> He's got it all. Boom. Dude, shout out to Josh Robertson. Thank you for being so encouraging. Let's have him on the podcast. Dude, we absolutely should. Yeah. Why not? All right. Well, uh, I feel like we have had a sufficient podcast. Sankcast. Um, Oh, we started? I didn't even know we started yet. (laughs) I didn't hit record. This was the warm-up. I'm just kidding. 40-minute warm-up. Man, I appreciate those of you who are listening it's actually a, a fairly big number for our community, and I just appreciate it. I hope this is encouraging. As mm-hmm. a couple of you just texted me and just said how much they appreciate it or you appreciate it, and I, I just love that. Uh, please let us know uh, if there's any ideas you have or just things that would be helpful for for you. Uh, we mainly want this to be another area of connection and encouragement. Speaking of encouragement, uh, for mm-hmm. for you, so. And appreciate you guys. Let us know what else we can do to help you. Any parting thoughts, gentlemen? No. <laughs> Big no. All right. Big no. We should call this episode the quarantine brain episode. That's a good good title for an episode. An accurate description for how I feel in general. <laughs> same. Not just my brain. <laughs> same, same. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week.